This week on The Reverse Stick, Grant Schubert joins us to share his experiences of the recent World Eleven game against Pakistan. Akim Toussaint inside the TNT World Cup side and heaps more. And welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Allen. Greetings, Matt. But once again, like the renegade master, John Lee, how are you, mate? I'm very, I'm very good. I'm very good. It's been a big week of watching hockey. It's always a big week watching hockey. I, uh, I apologise for the odour once again. It's been summer hockey again this evening. Um, for oh, some reason, you, I thought I could hide behind the post when the, the, uh, the water came on. Uh, it didn't work, and I'm still a bit damp. Yeah, I'll, you, you're not making the smell any worse. The, the dog and the cat makes, <laughs> makes sure work. At there they go. That's all right. It all adds to the flavour of the show. Now, this week, I'm taking control because we just went way, way long last week and forgot half of the stuff we wanted to talk about. So, we're going to speed things up this week. and but Of course, uh, lot, lots to bring you as well. Though. Two great interviews. Oh, Two very good interviews. We're going to be speaking to Grant Schubert, who's recently been up to Pakistan, as we mentioned in the interview, for the World Eleven game. And mentioned on recent broadcasts as well. <laughs> yes, indeed, as we will talk about. And your mate, Akim. Yeah, and Akim Tassant from Trinidad and Tobago Calypso Stickmen, who will be uh, doing an Instagram takeover for us uh, at the Indoor World Cup in Berlin. But let's get things kicking, shall we, with the... News and let's go. Let's go through the results. I've got a pile of results. You've got some as well, I believe, Matt. So let's just go them in no chronological, i.e., calendar order. What's been going on? Uh, the 26th to 28th of January, France and Wales on the men's side of things had a, three games in the Antibes. Very nice. Very nice. To Antibes. Go Antibes. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Antibes. Not Antibes. <laughs> what whatevs. Well, they went there and they played hockey. Uh, France winning all of those three games there, 4-0, 1-0 and 2-0 against Wales. What else has been going on? Argentina versus Belgium on the women's side of things. I've got a six-game tournament going on at the moment. That finishes up on the 3rd of February. There's been three games played so far. Uh, 5-2 in the first game to the Argentinians, 3 all in the second game, and then 6-2. That's Argentina versus Belgium, the women's side. The USA and Netherlands, they played in Palo Alto there in California. I, I just finished up. I knew a girl uh, from Palo Alto in California. Is there, a, is there a song coming? No. No? Uh, so are they, uh, that just finished up uh, last night or yes, no, this, this morning. morning this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Netherlands winning all the games there, 4-0, 7-2, 7-1, and last night, a lot closer, 2-1. In favour for the Netherlands there over the US. Yeah, some improvement for the US there, obviously. Absolutely. And, and of course, all of that was streamed uh, via the Team USA website. We did share that through uh, various channels when we saw the uh, the games popping up. Yep. Uh, there's also been uh, the African Cup of Na- Cup of 
club champions. That's right. That's the one. Uh, El Sharkey took out the men's title, their 23rd title. Thank you very much. Over Eastern Company, 1-0. Very tight grand final, that. Well, and we, um, of course, have talked about El Sharkey over the past couple have. of weeks. Uh, Garner Revenue, third. The Trustees, fourth. Flicker, fifth. And Samuel from the Trustees. Oh, thanks yeah. For, so thanks for following us and yep. uh, getting involved on our socials. Police Machine, numbers came in sixth there. <laughs> uh, we also had the... Uh, Women's title taken out by, guess who? The Ghana Revenue Association. Ah, the tax man got him. Yes. Brilliant. It's their first title by a Ghanaian team. So okay, they'll on be home soil. Yeah. Home soil. They beat Telecom 1-0. Uh, Ghana Police came in third place. Uh, Carter Queens fourth. Strathmore Uni fifth. Was, it, was, there a, was there a shootout for that third, fourth place? I think there was a shootout there. Yeah, yeah you might Shh. be right. Shh. And uh, Yoda Desert Queens... Uh, sorry, Yobi Desert Queens came in in sixth place there. I uh, have the best players, etc., for the women's side of the tournament uh, from Ghana Police. Uh, Nafasatu Amaru, yep. she top, top scorer with eight goals. She's from Ghana Police. Telecom's Cynthia Oniango, goalkeeper of the tournament. And from Ghana Revenue, Mavis Burko was the player of the tournament. I, could, I tried looking for the men's, couldn't get it. That's I, all good. It might have been That's a different way. Loving your pronunciation, mate. Well done. I did okay there. So let me just tick that off. We've also got a Five Nations tournament going on in uh, Spain at Malaga for the or Malaga 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 that's going through until the 4th of February for men it involves Canada Ireland the USA Scotland and Spain now Canada has uh, lost already the games that have been played 4-1 the Irish beat the Canadians Spain got over the top of Ireland three goals to two the Scots down the US 3-1 and Canada beat Scotland 2-1 so that's the result so far. That tournament going through to the 4th of February. We've got the Malaysian Hockey League going on as well, Matt. Yeah, I we're think it's into the, into the final, final stages now. Well, we're of, into of the, the final the stages. Thing. There's two rounds to go of the Premier League. Uh, one of those rounds is played today. The finals get underway, I believe, on the... Um, where have I got it written down here? The 4th of February. For the other leagues, there's still, uh, say, three or four rounds to go that will be completed before the 4th of February. Yeah. Uh, for the Premier League, uh, Teranagu is leading on 18 points. Kuala Lumpur is on 17 points. Did we not points. agree last week? Teranagu. Teranagu. Yeah, that's what you say it. Yeah, them. One loss to Kuala Lumpur, which is a separation. They've had two draws. Teranagu have had three draws, 17, 18 points there. Um, Tanaga National, Bahad, is still in with a chance there on 16 points. Uh, University of Kuala Lumpur on 12. TNB Thunderbolts on three and Maybank for the ladies. Can you say that again with ladies on the end? Tanagano. Yeah, that's ladies. it. They're 14 points. They haven't lost a game yet. They've played six, so they've still got three or four games to go there. They're leading the competition for the women in Division 1 Group A. Uh, Polytechnic KPT uh, on 13 points. MBPJ Tigers on 10. Still three or four games to go there. And in the Division B, it's UITM are on 16 points, so they're way out in front there with Kida Hockey Team and I in 9 points. 
So look out for the finals. It's all being streamed if you can find it. Get, hit the Googles and all those sorts of things to try and get the best location for your stream. Facebook and Twitter are always good to get the stream links from. 4th of February finals get underway for the Malaysian Hockey League. So I can cross that off. We've got through that, Matt. That's a big a tick. Oh, what other stuff? Do I talk about comings up yet? No, oh, no, no. Let's go. Let's, uh, oh, indoors? We've done the uh, indoors. I'm we've waiting. You're the... Oh, India, the sub-junior B women and sub-junior women B division, both senior and women's are un, uh, senior and juniors are underway. Did I get that right? Probably not, but you understand what I mean. Uh, and speaking of India, there's a couple of things coming up. Um, the first kilo India schools games. The very first kilo. I'm not sure if that means it's, it's the first time kilo India schools games has been played or whether no. it's first... It's the first kilo is a name of something. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Their, their schools game are going on. Uh, men and women, eight teams competing. Hyarana, Punjab, Uttar Pradesh, Odisha, Jharkhand, Chagra, Chattisagra and Delhi. Both men's and women's. Those teams are all competing and that's getting underway today. And that goes through until the final on next Thursday, or Thursday the 8th. So good luck to all those schools, having spoken to Jazz Prate last week about uh, the way things work in India. Yeah, And uh, the women's Indian finals are coming up too on the 10th of February. Uh, sorry, 1st of February, the Senior A Division of the Women get underway. And that's a competition that features 16-odd teams. Uh, no, 20 teams in four pools are playing there, so we'll have maybe a bit more next week. So that's all. That gets underway yeah, two days. That's so. all sort of regional associations, isn't it? Mainly taking but part with the, the one, old railway team. But that's the number team. one competition in India. Yeah. Yeah. For hockey. Happening in Ranchi, home of the Rhinos. It is. In the Hockey India League. Uh, that's me for the moment. Uh, I've got so, some coming up, though, when you've So, yeah, results. some, some indoor action as well, though. In, uh, in England, we saw the Jaffa Sixes. Finals yep. taking place indoor at the uh, the Copper Box Arena. On the women's side of things, it was Bowden Hightown winning their 12th title there, um, beating Leicester in the final. And on the men's side, uh, East Grinstead beat Team Bath Buccaneers um, with uh, Ashley Jackson coming back to the, the court um, obviously didn't see a lot of him outfield towards the, uh, the start of the, the English hockey season but he's played indoor in the tournament there um, so it was a packed house great streaming available just a fantastic uh, Sunday for streaming regardless there was Irish indoors there was the English indoors there was some German indoor stuff happening there was uh, the the Kiwi tournament happening with India and Belgium and Japan and, and, and the Kiwis involved uh, there was the USA Netherlands series in the US. There was the the two games from Narragin in Western Australia um, happening, sort of you know, over the weekend uh, between the Dutch uh, Dutch guys and the Kookaburras. It was wall to wall hockey, and it wasn't it fantastic. This is the first time I can remember missing more hockey than I could watch. It was virtually a full day. A, oh, no, 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 more than a full day. And because you were watching other hockey too. Yeah. It wasn't just because you were busy doing something else. It was because there was so much hockey going on. It was great to see. Now, of course, there was the Irish finals as well taking place. Um, Ard's uh, ladies uh, took out the, the, uh, the women's final in the All-Ireland finals. 
and uh, Three Rock Rovers uh, took out the title for the men's. Now, of course, Three Rock Rovers, the home club of Stephen Findlater from the uh, from the Hook Hockey and uh, and Euro Hockey. So, Stephen, congratulations that uh, your boys uh, had the 8-5 win over Railway Union. Now, of course, Railway Union is the club of Rob Abbott that we've talked about on the show before, and Rob was there umpiring uh, for the event, so well done, guys, there. Uh, I'm just reading on the Irish website here. A big thank you to Rob Abbott for all his hard work throughout the there season. So, uh, yeah, fan- fantastic stuff. And, uh, it's a pity he barracks for Millwall. <laughs> well, Timmy Cahill's on his way back there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you asked any of those fabulously excited Millwall fans... How many A-League games they saw play of Timmy playing last anyway, year? Look, anyway, back to that ladies' good. final. Ards uh, were 5-2 winners over Railway Union. So, uh, you know, double bad luck there for Railway Union. But well done for making it through to the finals. What Can else? I, oh, well, we've, uh, we've also got the New Zealand Quad Series that happened involving... Uh, Belgium, New Zealand, Japan, and the Indians. Yeah, look, some great hockey played there. It like was I said last great week. Great streaming too. Yeah, really good fantastic. Commentary. Good Enjoyed co- it. Yeah, good coverage. Um, and Belgium won both legs, didn't they, of the bipedal tournament? In, India won the first first one, didn't they? No, Belgium did. Did they? Anyway, look, watch so much of it. It was fantastic. It was it? good to see great hockey. I'm, I'm not sure what it all meant, but it was good to see some good hockey played. Um, and of course, Australia versus Netherlands played yep. the, the two opening games. Previously so featured on the show, young Matt Bird made his Kookaburra's debut. He did, um, and we sh- we should because we do have a connection to Matt. Because um, I-, I was playing hockey with Matt's father before Matt was born, which is quite an odd feeling to see him come through that way. And I feel really uh, happy for his parents as much as I do Matt because I've seen. You know, they, I don't know, it's hard to say. You see what a parent puts in to, yeah. to give the opportunity but for their kids. We're also living in this age of pushy parents where people complain about that sort of thing, and I don't think that's ever been the case with them. I don't, no. You know, they've supported Matt all, all the way, and um, he obviously gets his goal scoring skills from his mother. But anyway, that's another. Conversation. And look, and there's there's club pride for us there. With it. And we've spoken before about it. If you can get one of one of your own, uh, have an opportunity to play at the highest level, and uh, you've watched them every step of the way, then geez, you 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 can't be proud of it as a, as a fellow club mate. And can I also say apologies to the two? Uh, there was, I think there was two Dutch young guys that made their debuts as well, wasn't there, during the, the tournament? And, and I've just certainly one, maybe yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only now talking about it that I've realised that we've been remiss in not mentioning them as well because they deserve some recognition uh, we're making a special case for our mate Matt um, yes we are but quite rightly so and look yes. I'm, I'll be down there tomorrow night ushering our club mascots onto the field for game 3 in the series game 2 was a 3-2 win for the Dutch um, Mark Knowles was missing from that game and it was, there was, it was a point made by uh, Colin Batch uh, listening to something in the week that they want to be able to test the young boys and give an opportunity to play against oh, some sure. of these. That's what these games t- t- yeah, are all about. Two hundred plus game Dutch internationals. You know what? What an opportunity! Um, so you know, there's lots of 
tinkering going on. Uh, hoping to see Maddie take the field tomorrow night, but look, equally happy to uh, usher my little one out on the field for the was, national anthems before the game. Ga- I was going to say that you're, it'll be a big day for the young girl. I've got to say, it's not the first time for her though. Oh yeah, she, she did the ho- she did hockey ruse versus uh, GB a couple of years ago. Oh, that's but big. still only. Seven-year-old girl get an opportunity, and sure, we talk about Perth being a hockey hub, and this is the sort of things that we're afforded that you don't get in many other places within the world. It's it's a very special opportunity, and yeah, we're very lucky to be. Able and to are you helping to organise all of these little kids? I am the, field? the mascot organiser. I'm you in are? charge of all 16, oh, 18 kids. To all our listeners, if you if you would like to identify Matt, probably by this stage that you get the podcast, you'll have to look at the replay, but. Look, look for the guy that's being a duck. It'll all be calm on the exterior, but has no idea what's going on underneath. Quack. Yeah, exactly. So we did the Irish, we did the English indoors. Oh, a couple, uh, couple more Germ- German indoor finals are coming up this weekend. Uh, okay. So there's uh, quite a few have made their way. Th- sorry, the teams have made their way through to the semi-finals, and they'll all, all take play this, place this weekend. There will be live streaming. The same in Holland as well. If you let me just have a quick check on Twitter here. If you check out the Orangi Hockey uh, tw- Twitter feed, uh, in fact, go to at knhb underscore nl. Uh, it's got the feed for the finals uh, to be uh, from Saturday to be able to watch, and that's that's on Facebook. Okay, a couple more things to get through some some coming up stuff. Uh, Spain will be playing Ireland in Malaga, Malaga, <laughs> Malaga, from the sixth to the eleventh of February. That's the men going on there. Now there was a tournament slated between the Argentinian men and Pakistan. Between the 8th and 18th of February, uh, that's been cancelled. No, 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 no. Seniors are still going ahead. It's a junior tour that was supposed to happen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's still going ahead 8th to the 18th. The seniors, yes, but they, they realised that finances were not It was that lost in Google Translate, was yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, no, the, the, yeah, the under-19 under side were supposed to be going as well, and that's what's been pulled. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that and try and confirm that. Uh, it was also announced today that Canada will be playing the US on February 2nd, so it might be a bit late for the podcast. 8am Pacific time, you can work that out. Fifth it's a men's game, Canada yeah. and America, but that's a good derby. Um, or derby for the international listeners. Oh, those that don't know how to pronounce words properly. Uh, have you ever heard of the Hong Kong Triangular Tournament? Oh, it's my favourite event of the year. 8th to the 10th of February. Very good day, the 10th, just quietly. Every year deserves one. Uh, Hong Kong, Taipei and Oman will be playing, which is really interesting. That's the 8th to the 10th. Uh, now, Pakistan are slated down to be playing in a tournament in... There was a, an announcement on the Pakistan website that they're playing against Oman and Japan in Oman from the 12th to the 20th. Maybe that's where the under-19 side's going. Well, Asian Games will... Might, <laughs> sorry, not Asian Games. That will, that will be coming up in Oman as well. So, oh, not too far away. It didn't say men or women. But not that Asian might be Games. The Asian Champions Trophy is coming up there. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's going on. We'll keep more of an eye and find out what's going on there. Um, the, apart from uh, the... Indoor World Cup that's coming up. The calendar's pretty open. March, or the only only event so far slated for March on the uh, match centre for the FIA. Yeah, don't trust, don't trust that though. No, but I, I looked around as well. Is Scotland versus Ireland a Test series, fifth and sixth in Glasgow? 
of March. Uh, okay, so we've got through that. We've got through all of that. Uh, Welsh indoor finals also oh, okay. happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, Whitchurch Saints, I believe, and the women uh, won the title there, and Cardiff and Met. Uh, the men's and they're both uh, both retaining uh, their titles from last year. Uh, Whitchurch Saints uh, beat Panath uh, in the ladies and oh jeez my Welsh pronunciation isn't that great um, but yeah Cardiff and Met 6-1 winners over Whitchurch Hockey Club in the men's final there. Okay uh, that's did you you did Five Nations? What about the Gran Canaria games? Did you cover those? No. Ones? So that's uh, I think that was Scotland playing there. Oh jeez, more friendly games going on there. Um, <clears throat> Five Nations done. We Scottish indoor finals coming up uh, this weekend. There'll be live streaming available. Those you'll be able to find out on our social feeds, particularly okay. Twitter and Facebook. And find us on both at the Reverse Stick. There's uh, also the other thing you might notice happening across a lot of the socials at the moment is a lot of squads are being announced for the, the women's World Cup sides. That's coming up. There's been, uh, I think, the Great Britain team or the not Great. Yeah, Britain. no, yeah, no, GB team has because GB there's, there's, there's um, the squad at least. There's uh, one of the Welsh girls has been named in the side, and it's I think it's the first Welsh girl to be named in about five years in the GB okay, team. Okay, uh, oh, Which which is. Great steps forward, and also the South, uh, the South African teams have been named, and uh, uh, a previous uh, interviewee on the show, Kristen Payton from SA, has been uh, is in the side there, so she's kind of stepping okay. up, and great Italy. to see. Italy have also announced their squad. For, there's 29 players who've announced in their squad. Well, that's because the they, they dropped because I don't think they turned up for the yeah, indoor Division World Three Cup. stuff. Uh, no. Uh, but um, what what got my eye is twelve of them are Argentinian, of Argentinian heritage. So what? Twelve of the Italian squad of twenty nine for the Women's World Cup this year are of Argentinian heritage. Right, so it's a Portugal Brazil type thing in the uh, in like in the soccer, is it? Oh, I, I I'm not sure how it works. Maybe they've come over there and uh, fulfilled their residency status. Maybe they just happen to be people living in Italy from an Argentinian, you know. Grandfather, family, family. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? But it was they made the point of uh, on their website, the Italian, of pointing out that the twelve of them were from Argentinian heritage. Anyway, so Argentina is going to have two teams. Argentina? Oh God, did I say Argentina? <laughs> oh my, that's like saying Canada, isn't it? Well, the great thing was when you. Oh, you sorry, apo- can I just say now? Apologies, Argentina. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, you, oh, you managed so to say Czech. Re- you managed to say Czech really well when you were talking about the Czech with uh, Akeem uh, with her interview that's going to come up in a while. I'm glad I didn't call it a Czechia because I've got Czechia written down here when we get to the indoor World Cup. Um, have we covered everything? Uh, look, that we should before we start really news-wise. Yes, we have. Okay. Well, what we need to do then is play one of these. <laughs> You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. It's time now for our feature interview, and we're sort of heading to Pakistan, but staying at home at the same time. We uh, unfortunately forgot about the uh, World Eleven last week. We had so much hockey to get through, but we're making up for it this week, because on the line we have Grant Schubert, who is a member of the World Eleven that played a couple of weeks ago up in Pakistan, former Kookaburra as well. Grant, it's a pleasure to have you with us. How are you? 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, really good, and uh, yeah, good to be on the show. Now, before we get going with the interview, I just have a little bit of audio I'd like to play to everybody and for yourself. Just it's from the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It goes for okay. about 50 seconds. Have a listen to this. Well, about three hours ago, <laughs> three or four hours ago, I was on the drive home after picking up the little ones and uh, saw, I don't know, from about 200 metres away, a, a pair of shorts and a, a singlet. I noticed a guy jogging. I thought, oh, geez, it looks a bit warm to be out doing that at this time of the day. And I thought, oh, that's a, an AIS, Australian Institute of Sport, uh, singlet I recognised from Probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, a few years ago now. And then beneath that was some kookaburra shorts, once again from quite a few years ago. Um, and this is totally unconfirmed, by the way, but I'm absolutely dead set certain that I saw Grant Schubert uh, running up past the lights uh, just just around the corner here. And, uh, and then it sprung to my mind that, He's one of the players that's due to be playing for the World Eleven in Pakistan in a couple of weeks' time. Now, Grant, can we confirm that that was your pre-season for the World Eleven that that particular <laughs> run? Look, it, it probably was. Uh, look, it was a little bit hard to hear, but uh, I, I heard it was me running along the roadside in uh, in Kardinia here. So, um, yeah, I had been doing a, a few runs uh, lately, and I think it was because of that I, they actually gave me a call to uh, to go away and play. So uh, <laughs> the, ra- the, the running, uh, you know, came in good and uh, and got me a trip to Pakistan. So I might have to do a little bit more. Well, let's talk about that trip. How did it come about? Yeah, it was actually, um, I know, uh, Don Pryor, who was a very good umpire, um, you know, back in the, in the 90s and did a fair few tours, um, throughout Pakistan and, uh, he was one of my coaches, um, when I was still living back in Adelaide. So I'm really good friends with him and, and he was getting inducted into the, the Hall of Fame there in, in Pakistan. They had a few legends that went over, um, you know, from Holland and, um, and yeah, basically just uh, came from that. I think Don saw that I was doing a few runs on Facebook and then asked if I was sort of fit and interested and, and passed my uh, details on to uh, Robert Lathouse, who was organising in Holland. And um, one thing sort of led to another and did a bit of research, obviously, you know, with safety that everyone always talks about and, and, and decided it was um, it was good and, uh, yeah, headed over and it was a, a lot of fun, different experience, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was really awesome to, to go over there and, and uh, play and meet a few people and um, play with some of the old guys that I used to play against. So we, we had Ijaz Chowdhury from the PHF on the show well, going a couple of months back now and he was talking about the, the plans coming up for the World Eleven Games yep. and uh, we got excited about it and we've, you know, we've talked about it a lot because we, we all know about the, the hockey hotbed that is Pakistan or was Pakistan and wants to be again. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on um, the future of hockey there in Pakistan and, and, the, and the gateway that an event like this can aid to getting international teams there again. Yeah, look, I think um, I really do think it's a shame that um, you know there aren't really any tours that head back to Pakistan anymore. And you know, there's there's obvious reasons that have you know been put out there with the media and everything that's um, you know happening in the world, I, I suppose. But um, you know, I, I remember growing up and, and you're hearing those stories from you know those international guys that used to play for Australia and, and especially Don as well about. You know, those guys playing in front of, you know, 45 to 60,000 people, especially in Lahore. And, um, you know, that's really something that's unheard of in, in, in the hockey world, really, especially in these days. You're probably looking at, you know, maximum 15,000 sort of throughout India. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more, but, um, they just, they just love hockey guys. They just, um, you know, it would be like here in Australia if, if you weren't allowed to play AFL or, or cricket in Australia anymore. They just, um, 
they're a sport-loving nation, and 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 everyone was so friendly when we went over there, and they're just um. You know, they just they just need sport to get back into the country because they're just looking for that that positive sort of um, you know atmosphere around the country. And um, you know, unfortunately, there's a a small minority that um, you know I suppose wreck that. And um, you know, most of the people, as I said, in Pakistan, they just want sport, and especially hockey because it's their it's their national sport. And um, you know, we got nothing but um, you know um, you know. I suppose just everyone coming up to us saying thanks for coming to Pakistan, thanks for playing hockey here because they really need it. So what, what did it look like upon landing there in Pakistan? What's your, your first impressions and, and, and you know what happened? Yeah, look, we got um, look, we got greeted straight away as soon as we got off um, um, off the plane by the, the guys that were organising it. Um, you know, they shipped us through, and uh, I suppose we missed a lot of the media circus when. Um, Sort of, I suppose, um, a lot of the Dutch guys and the, the Dutch sort of managers came in, you know, that was looking after the team. So there was a fair bit there, but we, we rocked up with Juan Ascare, um, you know, from Spain, who's yeah. he's just a legend. And, you know, my first couple of years of international hockey was playing against Juan and, and, you know, just amazed, you know, I think he was probably in his early 30s then sort of thing and, and, you know, he was just carving up. So to, to go and play with him and meet him at the airport, after so many years, um, you know, it was, was really, really good. And, you know, we got, we got met by media there in Pakistan. But I think it really hit when we had our first media conference um, in Karachi at the stadium there. It was just before we went out for a run uh, for a bit of a train and just to, to meet everyone. And, and I, I reckon there was, uh, you know, there would have been 50 to 100, um, you know, media personnel with, with, with cameras there. So the whole... The whole little room was just just chock a block, and the same um, the same happened in Lahore. So, um, you know, the amount of media attention that um, that that you know this I suppose small tour um, you know received was just was was quite outstanding, and just nothing that you'd get here in Australia. I don't think even with with AFL or any of the big sports. Grant, you mentioned a few names from the players that you were, you were playing with. How yeah. was it when you because you didn't have much time together, did you, before that first game? Uh, no, we just literally had one training session. So um, yeah, we basically uh, met the guys. Some of the guys even flew in, um, you know, the day of the training session or, or late that night before the first game. So a few of the guys there, we hadn't even. I think we probably played. Uh, I think it was like a four on a four on five game, um, just a mini game, the day before the first game in Karachi, and then a few of the guys arrived that night. So. None of us had ever, obviously, you know, being a world team, had, had played together before. But um, you know, there's there's probably eight or nine guys there that I used to, um, you know, play against back in the day, and and you know, quality players like Rob Reckers and um, Santa Freshier and Phil Burrows, um, you know, David Allegra, who still still plays. A lot of these guys still play, you know, twos and stuff back home. But um, you know, they've. they've had a few months off like myself and uh, or actually just ready to rip and get get back into it again. So the first game was always going to be fine, but it was always going to be that second game. I think uh, most of the old blokes pulled up a little bit sore. Playing with those guys, did you find that it was actually, uh, there was some sort of release in that you were, you were playing instinct hockey? You, you weren't bound by, you know, team rules and coaching ethos and all those sorts of things. It was just playing the game. Um, yeah, it was. Look, it was, um, you know, it was always going to be interesting just, um, you know, chucking sort of two or three players from, you know, different countries together. Um, but as I sort of said, you know, they're all really quality players. So the first, um, the first quarter we played against, uh, the Pakistan, 
uh, basically an under-19 team. So they're, they're actually really good quality young players. Um, and they recently played at, a, I think it was under-18 Australian Championships in, in Hobart, which they won. So, um, look, they, they had plenty of pace, just like most um, Indians and, and, and Pakistan you know, kids do. So we sort of got run around the trap for about the first quarter. Um, they they scored a goal and uh, we sort of tried to play like them for the first quarter and and Wayne Ascara says come on guys you, you're all a bit older we just need to hang on to this pill a bit and so we worked into the game and and the third quarter we just held on to the ball and and uh, I suppose the young guys didn't really know what to do and we just held quality possession and um, took our chances inside the circle and and came away and won that game five one. Yeah, a, a solid victory in the opening game there. Now we talked a fair bit on the show about <clears throat> it, it was fairly late in the piece that they announced that it would be that junior side or a majority junior side playing. I had a bit of a theory on that. Um, and, uh, and, and look, basically it was you'd probably get flogged if you're playing the full Pakistan, um, national side. Um, what, what, what do you think about the decision about, about blooding those young guys against some of you, uh, more senior fellas? Yeah, look, it was it was quite quite interesting. I thought, yeah, we only found out, um, you know, that it was going to be this this under nineteen team um, actually when we were over there. So we had sort of, you know, heard along the lines that it probably wouldn't be the full Pakistan team because they sort of wanted to, I suppose, you know, blood so to speak, a couple of those, um, you know, younger players coming into the Commonwealth Games that are, are very soon and and the World League Series sort of thing. So um, to find out it was sort of going to be you know, I suppose that the younger team was was sort of good for us old boys because we know we probably had the experience, not so much the legs, but the experience. Because, oh look, I think there's no doubt if we played the the full Pakistan team that the score line would have been, um, you know, would have been much different. But, um, you know, it was a really good hit out, and I think it was a good mix between, um, you know, I suppose different styles of hockey because they were very, you know, like like um, those Asian countries, a very run and gun, and it's similar to the Aussie style, but. The Europeans are quite different, sort of holding onto the ball a little bit more and possessing it, um, you know, and, and probably making more opportunities uh, up front. So, um, look, it, it was good fun, and uh, look, I think a few of the guys would have loved to have played against maybe a few more, um, you know, uh, older Pakistan players, and I think also that might have drawn the crowd in a bit more. So, I think the numbers at the crowds were probably a little bit down because it was the under 19 team, but. Um, you know, it's they've started somewhere. I think that's what they need to do. And, and the more, hopefully, they can get tours heading to Pakistan, um, you know, I think it's only going to be better to to get, uh, you know, the sport back out there again and, and that there is sport being played in Pakistan. Was there much talk about Pakistan Hockey League? Uh, no, not too much really. Um, look, there was a little bit. Um, obviously, I don't understand um, the language too much, so I'm sure it would have been spoken about <laughs> a bit more. And um, you know, there was talk about it. Them obviously trying to organise it and and get it going. And and um, you know, that would probably be one of the first people to be contacted when once it gets up and going. But look, it's I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to try and find a an opening window just just with the way that international hockey is going at the moment. But Hopefully they can and, um, you know, get a few players over there to uh, promote the sport again. Would it be something you'd consider, Grant? Or if, you know, all things being equal, maybe if you were younger or older, whatever it might be, but it, would it be something you go, oh, yeah, I'd play in that? 
Oh, I think you'd, like, look, I, I think I'd have to consider it, obviously, being over there at the moment. Um, and, you know, just finding out where you're staying and all that sort of stuff. It, look, I thought it was pretty similar. Um, you know, it's like going, going playing in, in, in India, really. You just have to be careful with what you eat and, and, um, you know, what do you drink and all that sort of stuff. Um, and obviously the security around. Um, and, you know, the same happens in India. There's always security around. And I remember when we first, um, you know, went back there for, for Champions Trophies and, and World Cups sort of in the early, you know, 2000, you know, 2000, whatever it was now, sort of late 2000s, I suppose. Um, you know, there's always talk about the, the security around those sort of areas. So they're just they're things that you have to look at. I suppose if I was younger and wasn't expecting a, a third baby over the next uh, months, that <laughs> it might be something I consider. But uh, I'm not sure the uh, the wife would be too happy if I went away for for six weeks and left her with three kids. And um, and I enjoyed my hockey in uh, in Pakistan. That the week was good enough, but I'm not sure it would last much longer. <laughs> Tell you what, sounds perfect to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're back at school today, here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, the, the the little one started our pre-primary today. So, and uh, the younger boy Jai, he's um he's looking forward to pre-kindy uh, next week. So uh, we'll start to offload him. You know, this is the point where uh, all of your influence starts wearing off, and all those other outside influences from the world start creeping in. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're already getting a, a a piece of that at the moment, but um, yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that is Grant Schubert, who's just been up to Pakistan with the World Eleven team, uh, playing against uh, Pakistan under-19 team. International hockey returning to uh, one of the historically great places, well, foundation parts of hockey in a funny, different way, is it? Well, not funny. A, ho- a hotbed. Hotbed. Um, a hotbed desperate to get international sport back there and look why, why, why don't we be the ones that lead it as, as a sport and uh, really cement and uh, develop a, a, a new following there in, in Pakistan for the game absolutely I'm, I'm happy to uh, be a part of that bandwagon I'm, yeah, I'm, that's it. Look, we've we've spoken about uh, Pakistan many times, haven't we? Yeah, about we have how, how uh, it, things are pleasingly moving forward. But we'll be uh, hearing some more from Grant a little bit later. Before we do, though, uh, I'm going to turn back to the Australia Netherlands games uh, across the weekend. Yep, uh, they were streamed. They were on Epicenter.tv. Now, t- to be fair, there were some problems with the stream at one stage. Um, which was really funny because I had absolutely no problems with the Saturday stream whatsoever and I kept getting messages from people saying, oh, help, this is going... And I'm, well, mine's perfect, but I'll fight, try well, and help. Hockey, Hockey Australia were pretty they were swift straight to step in. They, they had an alternative yep. uh, link through Ustream. So, well so if, you know, if you're watching the games that are coming up, there's two more games happening. If, keep an eye on the Hockey Australia uh, Twitter feed. So if you, if you find there's a problem, then they'll point you in the direction, uh, uh, the right direction to get yeah. a slightly better feed. Um, of course, we'll share that with you if you're following us. And uh, I also must admit, as, as great as my stream was on the Saturday, it wasn't flash on the Sunday. But that might have something to do with where my dog decides to dig holes in the backyard. Okay. You just can never tell. Um, but what some, a couple of things caught my eye that I, I really enjoyed about it, apart from the hockey, apart from seeing our mate Matt 
get out there and, and make his debut, and I thought the hockey was of quite a high standard. Um, I think the thing though, all I'm, the people in narrative. Well, this is exactly out. you know, oh. take, take, taking uh, international sport, let alone international hockey, to a wheat belt country town here in Western Australia, where. The, the ground itself, uh, there's a pavilion there called the Bevan George Pavilion. Bevan's from, uh, from Narragin. He went on to have an illustrious, uh, yeah. career at the back there for the Cookerboroughs. My favourite player, and I was so, so happy when I first moved over here to Perth about 14, 15 years ago, and to see that bloke playing, uh, club hockey was just incredible. Now, uh, he wore the number 15 for Australia, and he, uh, Gave Matt his debut shirt, fifteen, and number fifteen as well. So what a what a lovely story there. But the, like a great sport, like these country towns. Uh, you know, it's pretty remote in Western Australia for a, for a lot of these teams, and sport binds those towns together. Well, and hockey, particularly, but in in and around that area, and they've got a long, long history of uh, of guys going on to represent Australia. In fairness uh, to Australian listeners, Narragin's what an hour and a half. Two hours. Two hours. With a foot down from Perth. Yeah, oh, a, a two-hour standard country drive, not breaking the speed limit or nothing. And um, <laughs> well, that's what I said. I said to him, I said, "How long did it take you to get back?" He said, "Ah, oh, two hours." Oh, I was like one fifteen, one twenty-five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, so that, that puts it in perspective of where they were. There's, there's a lot more far flight. Like two hours is, oh yeah, okay for your average Australian. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it is in a, in a, in an area that's a big farming community and it was great to see them all turn out for it. I've actually played at the ground before. You have? Yeah, well, not the ground that they were playing on. If you were listening to the commentary, I, I played on the dirt ground that Ashley Nelson was talking about during the commentary out the back. Except when I played on it, it was gravel. They, they had a bloke who drove up and down before the game in a ute with a piece of, <laughs> a piece of railway iron tied behind the ute to flatten all the gravel out. And then they ran up and down, uh, taped out the lines and, and shook the white powder out along the lines. It was fantastic. We were the second game, mind you, that day. Kids don't know how good they got oh, it these days, they John. They don't. But it's great to see Narragin. It's always been a really strong centre of hockey. And it's great to see that they turned out. That's not what I wanted to mention, though, apart from the fact that I did want to mention it. Okay. I uh, want to talk about the commentary. Yep. Because, uh, you know, listeners would know that I do some other stuff with Ashley Morrison. And I've actually been sitting in small, dark, windowsless rooms for over a decade now while Ashley calls commentary in far-off, far-flung, exotic places. <laughs> I would be the person sitting in the studio making all the knobs go up and down while he was enjoying the atmosphere of Wanda's Stadium, say. Um so in, in a funny way, I've, I'd learned to tune out to Ashley. It, it, I'm it sure he'd might, be pleased to hear that. Yeah, he would, but he would understand what I mean when I've learned to tune out to him. And this week, I had the I actually consciously listened to him. Uh, he would he would understand what I meant. Well, look, I, I would I say he, look, I, he's, he's a, one of the best hockey commentators. He's a bloody good commentator. Yeah, he's That's hands He is a bloody good commentator. Get him on at the Commonwealth Games. Oh, Get him on at the yeah. World Cup. Maybe even Hockey India League, eh? Everybody knows in I might have a vested no, interest, but on this occasion I felt like blowing the trumpet for him because he is bloody good. Uh, look, the other and two and people... Well, he's even better when he mentions us. 
Well, uh, he, and he we'll is, come to that in a moment. He does mention us, but he also we heard Ash Nelson on the weekend. Yeah, and I thought she was excellent. She's superb, but like a, a, a really great balanced broadcaster. Absolutely, gives really good insight. Speaks very well. Um, she's obviously a very intelligent girl, and um, yeah, like re- really enjoy he- hearing her, whether it be pit side or in the commentary box, and obviously. The other, the other person you're about to mention is Simon Orchard, who was, they were, um, interchanging oh, let's, let's between Let's get to Ashley first. Okay. We'll, we'll get, look, and, you know, it features Ashley, but of course, Ashley Nelson and, um, you know, when great minds think alike, mate. As the Dutch push back and get us underway. And I do know there are some people wish that the bully was back there. John Lee from the podcast The Reverse Stick is one who is absolutely pushing for that. He wants the bully back in the game immediately. Well, we've talked about this before, Ash, and I 100% agree. I think as far as a spectacle goes, there's nothing better than a, a bully, so I'd bring it in for the start of every corner if I had my way. Now, Ash Nelson is obviously a woman of great intellect. Well, I've already said that, haven't I? Well, I'll reiterate <laughs> your point. No, thank you very much, Ashley, for saying that, and I agree with you 100%. Um, she also has uh, her own podcast, Ash Nelson. Yes. On uh, Wisp Sports. Yes. We're, Wisp, we're, W-I-S-P, Wisp Sports. Uh, can't get that right. Wisp Sports. So WISPsports.com. Yep. Um, and yeah, she's, she's done some great hockey ones. The one out this week is with Casey Eastham. Oh, uh, um, Casey Sabalowski. Yep. Who's now Sabalowski, Ka- yep. It was Casey Eastham. No. Was no, she was Casey yeah, right. Eastham, now she's married, yeah, and she's right. Casey yeah, no, Sabalowski. Right. So yeah, it's quite check. interesting. Check it out. And she do, it's, it's a site about women's sports, so not all of the interviews are hockey-related, but a lot of them are, and she, it, she's doing a great job. That's great. And, and uh, yeah, this week particularly is looking at uh, looking after talented kids, and, uh, and Casey was one of those that was uh, uh, spotted at a very early age with talent, and so, yeah... Check it out and, and have a listen there. Now, oh, uh, oh, no, 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 just while we're, while, while we're on, uh, Ash. the bring back the bully and Ash. Okay. Um, I did take it out to the uh, Instagram community for a poll and, uh, just to see, you know, what are your thoughts on bring back the bully and particularly posted the comments that I, I played the audio and the video from the, the commentary there. Well, John, you'd be happy to know. Oh, oh well, 51% yeah. 49% no. Nah. It's a mandate. We've got a mandate. Got a mandate. Listen up, FIH. Um, we, we, yeah. Yes. Bring back the bully. And uh, very soon there'll be a range of Bring Back the Bully t-shirts available to purchase. You'll be able to find on our website, you know www.thereversestick.net. You know how we talked last week about changing rules and all the rest of it? Uh-huh. The one iconic thing that hockey had was a bloody bully. That's what, in this whole world of changing rules and trying to attract people to a game and trying to make it special, right. the one thing you did have that attracted people, you got rid of. I did anyway. have a, a bit of offline uh, chat with Ash Nelson with regard to that, and of course, bully doesn't have the the best of social connotations. Uh, well, we've as got a, to as own a name. It. Well, this is it. I think, yeah, we own it, and the only bully people ever think about is the bully that happens in hockey, and. Uh, that's right. All uh, bullying around the world ceases. So look, get, get on board, guys, because you're going to do your thing for the for the betterment of society and for the world. That's it's, right. It's uh, no longer king hit. It's coward punch. That's right. So it yeah. shouldn't be allowed to be called bully. It's it's being cowards. 
We'll call bullies cowards, and then we can take the bully back. So, we're not, yeah, we're not we're not going to do bring back the coward, are we? No, 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 okay. no right. definitely not. Sure. Now let's get on to the other piece of commentary that came up on the weekend. Let me play it, Matt, and then we'll talk about it because personally, I. I loved it. Well, Wetton again involved, but Wetton now has conceded a penalty corner. Verga gets up smiling, has words with Jake Wetton. Billy Backer very quick to step between them, and that is good to see from Billy Backer, and that's why he's one of the captains. Verga still wanting to continue it with Wetton, and Murray Grime is now pulling the Argentinian-born Dutch player away from Jake Wetton. And Martin Verga needs to watch it. No point taking it out on Murray Grime. This will, you think, be the last play of the match. And it's the first penalty corner for the Netherlands in the match. Oh, Ashley, I'll take it out of Murray Grime. Terrible, terrible, terrible decision. <coughs> me time there. Jake Wetton, barely anything in that. It's a free hit. Look at me, 10 seconds to go, penalty corner, just to make the game interesting. Australia shouldn't be ha- having to defend this penalty corner. Matt Allen, your thoughts? Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. We should have put out the Keely Dunn warning before we play that because she's tearing her hair out right about now. <laughs> Watch out, Keely. Um, yeah, sorry, Keely. We we didn't give you a warning that Orch was going to be uh, appearing on this <laughs> on this show. Um, uh, yeah. Well, look. Uh, well, first up, I'd probably say that there's a bit of history between Simon and, uh, and Murray. Now, Murray uh, was featured on an interview quite some podcasts back which uh, had come from Ashley's Not The Footy Show <laughs> uh, podcast and uh, uh, look, I've witnessed some interesting um, situations between the pair on the field in the local league competition and uh, there's a bit of history there uh, but I, you know, I, I was watching it I don't know if he was far wrong well you do mention a bit of history there. I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if as Murray's standing there pulling those players apart, he looked up and goes, oh, that's, that's all you doing, commentary. Oh, I'll give him something to talk about. Watch this big fella. Boom. Hey, what do you make of that? I mean... Uh, it's not a World Cup final, is it? No, it's, it's not. Look, um, I thought it was great because it was, A, someone speaking their mind... And we need that in hockey. We we can't always just be patting no, each other on it. the back it's and too, slapping you know, and saying it's too many little bloody golf claps going on at games. That's you know? yep. Fire We've it got up. to outlaw the golf clap, really. Fire don't it up. We? Yeah. Fire it up. Um, you know, it, and you're going to get personalities that rub up against each other in the wrong way. And this time we've got one that makes itself public because of the nature of what these people do, and they're just rubbing up against each other the wrong way. And, but he was he was straight up, and it made for a great piece of commentary. Tense part of the game. It's the last thirty seconds. Are they going to score? Are they going to do this? Oh, terrible decision up by. It's what other sports thrive on, and we should thrive on that. The controversies, the all that sort of stuff. So I'd love to see Orch, As Nelson, and the Morrison man. What a great team! Gen- uh, yep. Genuinely, what, what, what a great team! Book and it in. and um, yeah, the, with the two the two former players there, they do provide genuine insight and uh, and yeah, they don't they don't hold back with it. It's um, it's frank and it's forthcoming, and I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, no, and I, I did enjoy them as well. Although I do, what's Watch done to his hair? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
you're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Now it's time to get back to part two of our interview with Grant Schubert. Grant was up in the uh, in Pakistan playing with the World Eleven games recently, and we're going to kick this section of the interview off with a bit of how Grant got into the game. Moving on for a sec, Grant. Um, what about your hockey journey? We're always interested in how people came to the game and what they love about it. Where did you kick off? Yeah, I kicked off. Um, my career started, I, was, I grew up in a small country town called Loxton um, in South Australia, which is about sort of oh, two and a half hours uh, east of Adelaide on the on the River Murray. So beautiful little um, sort of area. There's five country towns. They all have about 7,000 people and, and sport. And each town is huge, and, and each weekend, you know, each town travels to the other one, you know, either playing footy against the other town. So it's it's a real massive sporting community, and, and I sort of started there as a, a nine-year-old. My brother played, um, and um, you know, I sort of just followed in his footsteps. I suppose he was a he was a goalkeeper, so it was only only honest of me that I become a striker, and I could pat him <laughs> up in the backyard and just crack some balls at him. So. Uh, I don't think I was ever going to be anything other than a striker with him being a goalkeeper and um, just sort of went from there. Um, you know, I suppose like most guys, they they progress and, and make, um, you know, I suppose representative teams, state teams and trials and, and things just sort of progressed from there. Um, shifted to Adelaide, well, that was after school in, in 98 and, and, you know, was part of SASE and, and was in Adelaide for a few years before, um, you know, I made the... Um, Oh, you know the the development squad, so to speak, just outside that that 24 of the Aussie guys in in 2002, and decided it was best for me to to pack up my bags and um, and and travel across the Nullarbor with the old man in my VL Commodore and, and <laughs> settle here in in Perth. So in those early days, Grant, did you like that nine years old? Did you specialise in hockey, or were you multi multi sport at that time? Oh yeah, look, I, I I played a lot of sports, um, you know, all the way through. Um, I suppose my high school days as well. So through the summertime, I was I was more playing basketball, um, a little a little bit of cricket, but not a lot. Um, I just I love playing basketball, and and I think I really thank my days that I played in basketball because um, I think it really gave me that spatial awareness, um, you know, tight in close. You get to see those little gaps, and I think that really served me well. Being I think you know a centre striker. Up front inside the circle, um, and just being able to pick those passes, and um, and I think you find that a lot with the AFL guys. You know, guys like Scott Pendlebury, they're those inside midfielders, and they can they just seem to have so much time on their hands. And I think it's because of their um, their basketball background that they just seem to they know where that space is and, and move into. Um, my my dad was a big AFL footy umpire, so um, you know it's a wonder we sort of didn't get. And AFL was quite big in the Riverlands, yeah. um, you know, didn't sort of push into that area. But my brother had broken his collarbone, um, I think three times, and the doctor basically said, look, if he if he plays footy, more than likely he's going to break it, and he'll need to have his collarbone pinned. So um, he advised him to to take on another sport. And, so he, and he one became of my dad's a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, and that's where he went, and then he became a goalkeeper. I know. It was quite ironic that, uh, you know, the one place that's, you know, I suppose you're just getting hit by balls and, and you know, diving a little bit. But, um, you know, that's sort of, I think, where hockey sort of, you know, took off for me. And, and I was able to, I, I trained with my brother for a year before I started playing and, and just sort of went from there. But I, I love playing, you know, cricket and, as I said, especially especially basketball. And, and, you know, I played a couple of games of AFL footy when I was in year 12 for knockout and I absolutely loved that. And, um, you know, there was a period there, I think, 
um, you know, going through year 12 that was pretty tough because I was travelling, you know, to and from Loxton and, and Adelaide to play in the top division there every weekend through my year 12 studies that I almost almost gave it away. I'm, I'm happy that I didn't, but, um, you know, who knows where the, the footy career might have gone also. Oh, no, we're glad you stuck with hockey, Craig. <laughs> we're glad. Absolutely. So what's, what, where's your hockey at now? Are you, are you playing some club, club hockey next season? Yeah, just playing a, uh, look, I think I'll have another round around in, uh, twos and play with a, a few of the young guys. Um, you know, you get old and you have a few, few niggles here and there. So just trying to, you know, start on a pitch is sometimes the, the hardest thing. So, um, I'm actually just really enjoying, um, you know, my running and stuff at the moment and, and feel really good sometimes when you get back on the hockey field, especially as an old bloke. Um, you know, you, Running over, bent down, doesn't really do wonders for your body. So that's where you start to get the little niggles. So oh, little tip, you don't have to bend yard. over, it's okay. Yeah, no, stay upright. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to learn that. I have to tell myself to slow down, which is the, the hardest thing. So try to push myself you know, back in the midfield as a, as a centre-half or a backman, and then I won't have to run around as much, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, still playing twos with uh, UWA. And, um, and, you know, just, just see where things go. I think the thing is, is that, you know, I just love the game and, and love playing. And, and I've been asked about, you know, coaching plenty of times, but I just feel that I've got, I've got many years to go, you know, once I stop playing, playing hockey to, to do coaching and that sort of stuff. And I sort of feel like, um, you know, I can offer just as much on the field playing with the young up and, up and coming twos guys through UWA and, and hopefully, you know, make it a smoother progress for them into the into the ones and and sort of, you know, do my do my battle so to you know speak with with coaching those guys on field um, and you know obviously at, at training as well. But um, just just still love hitting the ball around. That competitive spirit is still there. Oh, I think for the lower grades, especially having players like you, it, it's great for opposition and teammates alike to know that you're playing against people of that caliber. Yeah, I, I know that. You know, fitness-wise, and that you might not be an international hockey player anymore, but you've still got all the stuff between your ears that made you an international hockey player. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think, you know, people talk about experience, um, you know, and whether or not, you know, with team selections, do you go with, um, you know, youthful, um, you know, pace and speed and all that sort of stuff versus versus experience. And and I suppose, you know, you notice it more when you're older that that experience does. Um, um, you know, count for for a lot of things, and just your um, you know, your quality of running around the pitch um, compared to running around with that, you know, your head chopped off sort of thing, and not not making those leads, um, you know, as as sharp, and I suppose not so long winded sort of thing can can make a massive difference. Now, Grant, what are you doing post an international hockey career? You mentioned you're waiting for bub number three, so obviously that part <laughs> of your life's pretty full. Yeah, look, look I, um, once I got out of uh, hockey, um, well, it was sort of around 2010, I decided to um, to sort of uh, get into real estate sales. So I was in real estate sales for um, a good five years and, and just found um, that, that I just really wasn't enjoying it. And, um, you know, I found that transition from professional sport and, you know, there's a lot of obviously talk about it, about it nowadays, um, you know, from finishing my hockey career, um, and then going into to the work career, I found that that really difficult. So I can, you know, obviously feel people going through that transition, um, you know, is very hard because I've sort of, you know, been through it and sort of still going through it, you know, at the moment. And um, 
you know, I found just found it really difficult to to enjoy the the real estate sort of side of things. So, the last sort of last twelve months, I started my own business um, doing aerial photography uh, with drones for real estate agents. So, if they need a a picture for their um, their marketing, um, then I do that. And also, uh, like I draw up um, floor plans for their houses as well, and then and then put that together as a marketing package. So, it's something that's flexible. Um, allows me to look after the kids when I need to, because my teachers are. Uh, my wife, sorry, is a full-time, um, you know, teacher for the next uh, few weeks until the bub comes along. But um, yeah, she's a teacher at Santa Maria, so her time is, um, um, you know, taken up quite a bit. So, a website to plug? Uh, yeah, over Beyond is the is the business. So uh, yeah, you can look it up over and beyond dot com dot au, and uh, yeah, have a look at it. And uh, if you've got any real estate friends, then uh, be more more than happy to to draw up some floor plans or take some photos. And um, it's all necessary for for selling a house. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. If you're in the Perth area, that's, that's right. where you need to look. Or no, even just, not, fly him over there, fly the kids over as well. That's right. Just a great point you just made there, though, with regard to you know what's what's the future for life after hockey or whatever it might be for for people like yourself in in sport. Do you think we do enough as national associations to provide uh, the the building blocks for that next level, the next step? Oh, look, I think there's 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 always more that can be done. Um, you know, I think for, for hockey, um, you know, we always had, um, you know, athlete career, you know, educators and all that sort of stuff that, that we spoke with. And, look, I suppose for me, and, and, and the hardest thing was, is that, I mean, all going through school, I really never knew what I wanted to be. So, you know, growing up and, and you know, getting to those later later years in, in school with 10, 11 and 12, I just didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't. Didn't know I want to be a teacher or, you know, a cabin maker like my old man sort of thing or, um, you know, anything. So for me it was really tough because I never sort of had that that set goal of, of what I wanted to do aside from hockey. Um, and for me, um, you know, sport was always was always my passion and 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 just loved it. So um, it was always difficult for me. And I think, um, you know, they're probably the the people that. Um, you know, sort of really struggle afterwards are those guys that, and, and girls, sorry, that they just don't know what they want to do apart from sport because it takes up such a such a chunk of your life for um, you know for so long at that that younger age that that it, you know it's it's well spoken about that it, it can be very difficult. So um, I think there's always more, and it's probably harder for those sports that don't really have a lot of a lot of financial backing sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, I went through times in my hockey career when you know, I was living off, you know, 30 to 60 bucks a week, um, trying to make them, you know, ends meet sort of thing, and and not wanting to to ask for money from everyone, and you go for, you know, two or three days, you know, living off, you know, very little sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think it's always tougher for those, um, you know, and I suppose a lot of Olympic sports because a lot of the the, the people that are involved with with Olympic sports don't actually earn, you know, a lot of money. There's a very few amount of few amounts of people that actually do earn some good money that actually go to the Olympics but it's one of those um, you know they're always those sports that take up so much of your time so um, you know it would have been much easier for me if I had a, a bit better financial backing I'm sure um, but it is what it is and, and you know I got to travel uh, all around the world I've got um, great family support which I think is very important and um, and you know help me got through. Can you see a change coming? Uh, oh, look, I really hope so, and I think, um, I suppose, you, uh, you're talking specifically for hockey, or? 
Oh yeah, I don't give a stuff about any other sports. <laughs> <don't, to be laughs> <honest. laughs> look, I, I, look, I hope so, and I think you know, as 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 you know, it's it's well put out there now that um, it's such a sort of you know big side of things, and and um, you know, getting that that balance between work, um, you know, life and sport is obviously is obviously very important, and, and you know, obviously you find when you're you're happy that your your sport life um, is is much much better, and you you perform um, you know a hell of a lot better, um, you know, on the pitch or, or whatever you're playing in. So, I really hope there is um, you know hopefully for the the guys, especially for hockey, the last five years there's been opportunities with the um, you know the Indian Hockey League over there, and, and guys you know earn a decent coin sort of through the years, which has allowed them to focus a little bit more. Um, you know, on, uh, on on doing other things outside of hockey instead of just sort of trying to make sure they've got um, you know dollars that meet at the end of the week to to let them really you know live a happy life I suppose. So um, you know I, I think it's only got better and better um, you know as the the media pushes it out there I suppose a little bit more. But um, you know I suppose that's a flip side of thing as well that it is out there a, a hell of a lot more for everyone to see as well depending on what situation you're in. You mentioned media there, and of course you were one of the co-hosts of the Short Corner uh, show that appeared oh, maybe four or five years ago, yep. which kind of focused on local league, uh, Premier League stuff here in, yeah. in Perth in WA. Any future in the media for you? Because I thought you did a cracking job on that show. Um, oh, look, it's something that, um, you know, I suppose, um, you know, that was one of the things. I suppose I had a few late injuries through through my hockey career, um, you know, and those, um, I had a couple of commentary things that sort of came out around that time when TV was starting to get a bit more broadcast on, on the internet and, and those sorts of things. So, look, I don't think for hockey it's a, it's going to be, you know, anything full-time at the moment. Um, but, um, look, I, I enjoy doing it from time to time, and I think it's, um, you know, a, a different side of hockey. I, I love watching hockey sitting, you know, alongside guys like Ashley Morrison who are just, you know, uh, just just listening and, and sitting next to them. They're just those sorts of commentators are just amazing what they do and 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 how they do it to to commentate live like they do. And and I always love watching a, a hockey game with live commentary right next to it. It, it makes it a lot more enjoyable to to um to watch. I think and that's a big part of it. I love it as well. Yeah, well, you mentioned Ashley Morrison there. We don't talk yeah, about him much no, on the show. We, we won't. I'll make sure I won't play. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, play that guys. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. I, we just don't want his head to get too big. Otherwise, he won't get through the door here to record his podcast every week. So, <laughs> gotta be careful with that. Oh, uh, yeah, not Elisha, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, Grant, just before we wrap up, and I guess this is, is this is a big thing. Going back to Pakistan, have you got a message to Pakistan hockey fans and the the hockey communi- community over there? That you can share from your experience, and and I don't know, something hopeful for them for the future. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I suppose for them, they just, um, you know, they just need to stick around it, and um, and you know, hopefully, the best thing for them is 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 um, you know, hopefully, one day they can they can actually see um, you know the green shirts as they call them um, play back home again because there's there's nothing like. Um, you know, young kids watching their idols, and you know, it was the same for me growing up, and and I didn't get a a lot of opportunities to do that growing up in the country. But you know, whenever I remember as a as a young kid, um, and you know, going to watch watch the Aussie, you know, the Kookaburras playing stuff, and and you know, it's it's with any kid when they they're, they're playing a sport and and they want to play professional sport to see their idols play. 
it's sort of just, you know, it, it gets them more involved, I think, with the sport. And, you know, if you can say focus as, as young sports, you know, sports people to, to really want to succeed. And, and, and for sport in, um, in, in Pakistan, that's just what they need. They just need, um, you know, sport to be, professional sport to be played in their country again, you know, both, you know, if, if it's cricket and hockey. And, and that's all they want. They just, um, you know, they just want sport to come back to their country and play. And, and when we were over there, they were just, everyone was coming up to us and saying, you know, thank you so much for, for coming to Pakistan and, and thanks for coming here and thanks for, you know, bringing hockey back sort of thing. So, um, you know, that's just got to lift everyone's spirit, I think, if, if that happens back in, in Pakistan and hopefully, um, you know, the world can, you know, hopefully come together and, and start to bring sport back there and, um, you know, everyone, everyone knows that, that, you know, sport makes everyone happy and, um, and it could only be good, as I said. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed that it's, you know, just the, the baby steps that are going to take them forward and, uh, we can see those Pakistan India games happening again there in Lahore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I remember my, my first trip away with the Kookaburras to the Champions Trophy in, in Amsterdam in 2003 and it was, it was an India Pakistan game there. And, um, I think the end score was, was 6-5 to India, but it was just, you know, amazing scenes there. And there was probably, you know, seven or eight thousand Pakistan and Indian supporters on the other side of the field. And it would just, it just felt like you were, you were over there. It's just, they love their sport. They're just, they're just crazy. And, um, you know, they, as I said, they just, they get into it so much and it makes that atmosphere so much more enjoyable to play in. Sensational. Look. So so pleased that you managed to get over there, and so, yeah, so pleased that there's something happening. They've they've improved on their uh, media presence, and it, it seems to be heading in the, di- the right direction. One last question, yeah, Grant, before you go. Yep, go for it. Bring back the bully, yes or no? Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, nah, because I was never really uh, any good at it, so um, leave the bully out. <laughs> well, edit that, chop that. Okay. Okay, that's all right. Do you want to re-record that now? <laughs> yeah. <that's good. laughs> Look, Grant, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, all the best for the uh, University Twos and uh, Number Three coming your way as well and uh, whatever you happen to be doing in the future. Oh, the drone stuff. What was that website again? You wrote it down. One more shout-out yeah. there, Grant. The website to find yeah. out about the aerial photography is? Over and Beyond, mate. Overandbeyond.com.au. Take Over a look. On, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those sorts of media outlets. So, Beautiful uh, stuff. We'll give, a we'll give that a plug on the socials. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for your time, Grant. No worries, guys. Not a problem. And that was Grant Schubert, World Eleven player, Kookaburra, all-round general, nice guy. And look, the last question there as well that you'd answered with regard to, which Grant answered regarding the uh, uh, his message to Pakistan. Drag Flick World, that's especially for you. Can you promote us on your website, please? <laughs> Jeez. Now we're at an hour ten of the podcast. I bet we better get on to the uh, Indoor World Cup that's happening at Max Schmeling Hall in Berlin from the 7th to the 11th of February. That's right. Uh, men's and women's are both happening simultaneously. There'll be all sorts of streaming going on. Euro Hockey TV will have all the action. You'll be able to keep up with all the sport. Everything will be there for you to be able to watch. And make sure if you're there, you get a selfie with Sabina Hahn and the Hockey Kids because there's a lot of promotion going on there and there's uh, free packs to take away for your clubs and to uh, aid in the promotion yeah. of the game. Just quickly, 
uh, two pools in each, the men and women. Pool A, Australia, Czechia, Germany, Kazakhstan, Poland and TNT. More on TNT in a minute. Uh, Pool B is Austria, Belgium, Iran, Russia, South Africa and Switzerland. For the women, Pool A, Belarus, Kazakhstan, the Netherlands, Poland, Switzerland and the US. Uh, Pool B is Australia, Czechia, Germany, Namibia, Russia and the Ukraine. That should be a cracking Cracking, game. That will be a game to watch, Russia and Ukraine. Looking forward to that I think the whole pool looks fantastic, eh? Oh, there's a lot of good hockey going on, but we might get a bit of extra biff action in that Russia-Ukraine game. Um, I'll tell you what, I've only played a couple of seasons of indoor, and I fall over lots. I'd much rather fall over outdoors on a turf than I would do on the indoor boards. That's always been my consideration. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, I, I actually got concussed falling over this year. Yeah. In the game. <laughs> just <laughs> fell over and got concussed. No one hit me, no one did. I just fell over me feet. Great thing was he didn't know what the score was. No, no as it turned out, that was... And then drove himself home. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I wrote a post about that. <laughs> it won't be happening again. And you can read our post as well at the reverse stick dot net. Oh, yeah, There's dot lots net. of stuff going on there. Yeah, you can read my experiences of concussion. It's on there under the, the hook, I think. or is it? Oh, well, It's in there somewhere. Have a look. Something about head injuries. Time now, though, on the back of the World Cup, indoor World Cup, our next interview. That's right. So uh, we're lucky enough to catch up with uh, Akeem Toussaint of the Trinidad and Tobago Calypso Stickmen. Now, Akeem will be uh, taking over our Instagram account uh, at some point uh, throughout the tournament so we're looking forward to bringing you some inside information look you'll, the sound quality is not great from the uh, from the interview because his teammates are having too much fun in the background so if you can allow us a little bit of uh, leeway on the sound quality with this but bear in mind that that vibrancy and excitement will be transferred <laughs> onto our Instagram account in uh, in coming days then, uh, then you'll get a bit of the vibe and I'm sure it'll be lots of fun so yeah great to chat with Akeem Akeem was actually the gent that I, I first met that um, put me in touch with uh, Pat at uh, TNT Hockey and then subsequently Raya that we, uh, we yep. interviewed early, early doors on the podcast uh, so we're big fans of TNT Hockey and we w- wish them all the best in the uh, upcoming World Cup it's obviously uh, gripping the island's nation and uh, yeah here we go. Here's our interview with Akeem Toussaint from Trinidad and Tobago Hockey. So, joining us on the reverse stick today is uh, Trinidad and Tobago representative and, and uh, soon-to-be World Cup attendee and participant, Akeem Toussaint. And uh, the guys are over there in Europe at the moment, getting all set for the Indoor World Cup coming up in Berlin. Akeem, thanks for joining us on the show, man. Oh, hi. So, uh, we had a little message earlier on and talked about the weather over there at the moment. Your, your pre-tournament, it's uh, a bit chilly? Oh yeah, very chilly and rainy as well. So what's, uh, what, what's happening at the moment? You're, you're about a week away from the start of the tournament. You're getting some games in over there? Well, we have another practice match against Den Bosch today at 6. We lost 7-4 to them yesterday. So open for a much better result in our worst time today. So you, you've got a, a series of games lined up or that you, you're currently in the middle of? Yeah, we're currently in the middle. We have then Bosch again today and then we play Venlo tomorrow and then that's the end of all matches before we get to Germany. 
Akeem, have you started thinking about the opposition you'll be facing at the World Cup yet, or are you just sort of uh, getting together as a group and feeling each other out? Well, we haven't really spoke about the opposition yet. We're just trying to get our groove back, playing against top opposition here in Europe, and then as soon as we're finished here with these games, then we'll do a nice little summary on our opponents at the World Cup. Now I've seen lots and lots of coverage coming out of uh, social media's account, social media accounts of TNT. It seems to be that there's getting some really great press coverage happening across the islands. Um, what's the mood like back at home, and you know what what, what are the feelings of uh, hockey lovers back there? Oh, everyone's quite excited to see us at the World Cup. Everyone is so happy for us they're right there behind us sending lots of good luck on all over social media on instagram twitter snapchat everywhere so the great thing is they're going to be able to watch the games uh because we're going to have live streaming throughout it what's the time of the day that they're actually going to be able to watch you at though will they need to be up in the middle of the night well tnt is five hours behind germany so it's not going to be that bad that's pretty good get to games hopefully they're not at work <laughs> at the timings of games so they can have a watch oh look you know we all have a sneaky watch of hockey when we <laughs> work as well though it sounds like um, a few of your teammates want to get into this interview as well in the background uh, what, how, are you, how are you spending your time when you're not playing and training well right now they're actually playing cards all fours <laughs> which is a Caribbean game uh, card game so they're all just quite rowdy in the background here some of them are playing FIFA 18 on the PS4 <laughs> and most of them just walking around doing absolutely nothing probably on their phones so what, what's the setup for you with accommodation whilst you're there well we're at a house here which is rooms upstairs and a living area downstairs where we meet for everything and it's like Five to a room. Are, are you guys cooking for yourselves or do you have a cook? Nah, everything is there for us. At the venue where we play games, we get lunch and dinner there and we get breakfast here at the house and we have cooks everywhere. Fantastic. And is that something that's been supported by the, some of the clubs you're playing against? Um, I'm not even sure actually. I think it's all been paid for by our hockey association. Fantastic. Well, it's great to hear that as a, an indoor side, it's actually getting some support from a from their uh, national association because it's not the case everywhere. Well, we actually got lots of support from the government for coming here for qualifying. They had a big picture with a check for one million TT dollars for us to use for preparation, as well as the tournament in Germany. So you, you're, you're in Europe playing some club games at the moment. When do you land in Berlin and what does it look like when you arrive there? We're, we're leaving here on the 4th and we go to Berlin and then I think we have a, one or two practice games against teams there and then straight into the tournament. It sounds fantastic and look we're really really excited to be able to look on and watch the top indoor nations in the world take part. Where, where does indoor hockey lie within the hockey landscape back at home in TNT? Well, it's, it's on par with outdoor hockey. We play indoor for half the year and outdoor for half the year. 
Is that a, um, a weather-driven thing, Akeem? Well, we only have two seasons, rainy season and dry season, so it's not really weather-driven. It's You play it whenever. We've talked a lot on the show in the past about indoor hockey providing an opportunity for smaller hockey nations to be able to compete at the top level because perhaps they might not be able to get a 16, a 20 man or, or woman squad together to um, compete on the in the outdoor game, and it's obviously being shown by you guys from your, you guys from the success that you had in the in the Pan Ams that there's an opportunity to mix it with the big boys. Yeah, and it was such a, a good game as well as it does give these smaller nations a chance to fight against the top nations as well as we normally never dominate at Pan Am level and in a law we actually dominated at this last Pan Am here which nobody expected. Yeah. What, what are your realistic expectations for the tournament, Kim? What do you think is the best that you can do? Well, realistically, our expectations are just finishing the top eight. See, I was expecting to say we're here to win it. It's not the main goal. It's like what we expect to finish. <laughs> but then we really want to come top three if we could actually manage to get into the semi-finals. Fantastic. So that and look, it's uh, in a tournament as such as, as it's set up. That's that's obviously got to be a, uh, an opportunity for you. Yeah, there is. So, Akeem, you've kindly said that you're going to take over our Instagram account over the uh, over the tournament. So, we're really looking forward to getting a bit of an insight into what's going on in the camp at TNT Hockey with the Calypso Stickman. Um, look, from, from from the fun that we can hear in the background at the moment, I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. So. Um, really, we'll be urging our listeners to get onto our Instagram account and uh, see what's going on with you boys. Yeah, lots of fun. They're always just ready to do everything. Who's winning that game, Akeem? This game at the moment. Yeah, name some names. Yeah. <laughs> the card game, I'm not sure, but it's run... And the umpire that came out is Donnie versus Tariq Makano and Mikel K. I'm right. not actually sure who's winning. Tariq Makano, we've mentioned a few times in the show games. recently, um, and we think that he should have been in the nominations for FIH Young Player of the Year, considering his successes at the Pan Am tournament. Oh, yeah. You rate him? Yeah, I rate him. He's quite a good young player. Well, look, Akeem, look, we're going to let you get back to the fun and games that are going on there. Obviously, this is a, a great opportunity for some downtime, but the series of business of, uh, of hockey is all in front of you. So thank you for joining us today. We'll be in touch and, uh, yeah, keep an eye out on our Instagram account because uh, Akeem and the TNT boys will be doing a takeover at the upcoming Indoor Hockey World Cup in Berlin. All right, see ya. So that was Akeem Toussaint from Trinidad and Tobago Hockey and uh, it was great to catch up and have a chat. Obviously, as we mentioned before, the sound quality might have been a little bit rough there but you'll get that flavour when you check out our Instagram account all at the reverse stick uh, whilst the Indoor World Hockey Cup is taking place. Indoor World Hockey? Indoor Hockey World Cup. I think we know what <laughs> you're taking, talking about. It's taking place in Berlin. Coming up... 
very, very soon. What else have you got to talk about before we get to the social bits? Have uh, you got uh, any up? You got a checklist there. Yeah. How much have we got through it? Oh, well, our sponsor player. Oh, uh, sponsor you know, we could, player. We could, we could mention that. Um, so we're currently working on our uh, uh, very specific reverse stick package to be offered to our, our sponsored players. Now we're looking to build a team of eleven TRS sponsored players, and uh, we'd like a uh, agenda equal uh, squad to be selected uh, popping up on our website over the next few days there'll be the uh, application form and the, the process to follow uh, we also would really love to get players from the continents all over the world now it's not about you being a, a superstar player I had a really lovely gent from Saudi Arabia <laughs> uh, got in touch for her Instagram uh, genuinely wanted to be sponsored um, no it's not it's not going to be a genuine sponsorship but it's uh, no it's not, a genuine sponsorship yeah, it just doesn't involve any money no but it doesn't involve money it doesn't involve any free sticks but there's going to be some other goodies coming along your way and there's a few things lined up but we're going to uh, keep our powder dry on what those things are but if you are a uh, uh, a custom hockey product producer out there and you'd like to get on board as, uh, and uh, support our package uh, for our reverse stick uh, 11 players, then uh, please do get in touch. You can email us admin at the reverse stick dot net. Happy to have you on board. There's a couple of people already on board. Well, and we'll, we'll, we'll tell you all about that soon. You put that post out there. It's, as I see it, that's expressions of interest at this stage because we haven't got anything concrete we can put to people it's but, got no, but, but it, I, it's I would like to announce I personally will be lobbying the FIH for the reverse stick 11 to be given the privilege of taking on Bernardo Fernandez's skillers as a preview game to uh, say the World Cup final Okay. Would right. that sound good? Yeah, that, that would sound excellent, wouldn't it? I, I'm thinking Skillers, Harlem Globetrotters, us, Washington Generals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that sort of thing. But we 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 might be able to take them down. We, we could. I hear what you're saying, but I also really want it to be a feature of what we're doing to reward mediocrity. Um, there, there was uh, I had a bit of fun with uh, Derby Hockey Club's goalkeeper today on Twitter, and and, and also the uh, the Knockers uh, Canuck Fives boys. Uh, some of them are putting their hand up uh, to to get involved. They think that uh that, that well their training sessions take place in a pub anyway. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they think one of the blokes should be eligible because he went over to, over the road to get some fish and chips halfway through their training session. Uh, they're getting close. Well, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not bringing fish and chips here though. But we can only no, be off by the time they get it. But uh, yeah, knockers, you, you're going to have to you're going to have to pick one. We can't pick your whole team. We're not sponsoring the whole team. You need to pick one. Your standout performer. Who's going to represent you on the world mediocrity stage? Yes, got to pick one. That's it. So, um, look, that's that's all going to come out on our social media. Facebook, yeah, well, Twitter, Instagram, all at the reverse stick. What else is on your list? Uh, great to see Walking Hockey featured on the FIH yeah. news page this week. Uh, nice lengthy article from Alan and uh, 
we've we've talked before about walking hockey and obviously you had Alan Gormley the founder on the show so uh, yeah check that out uh, fih.ch forward slash news it's one of the top articles on there something else on the FIH website oh, yes. that I yes, know you'd be interested big announcements in. big announcements the final three for all of the FIH awards this year have been announced so we'll just go through them quickly do you, know, do you know why it's final three no because they can't afford the flights to get all of them there Probably not. Well, they've got to fly everybody from Lausanne, don't they? Not just that, but look, they could get all six of them there if, if uh, we just uh, downgraded some of the uh, FIH flights. Well, no news, or no, I will just say, no news about uh, the board meeting that, right. that happened over ten days ago now. Hello on Earth, it is now the eve of the longest day. Release the Kraken. Well, apparently so, but uh, still haven't heard anything. Nothing. From, okay. Uh, okay. The Women's Player of the Year: Delfina Marino from Argentina, Louise Welton from the Netherlands, and Stacy Mickelson from New Zealand. Where'd you get Louise from? Oh uh, well, look, it's got Lid Lidvig. Stacy Mickelson. I got that right. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll leave the men's player of the year for a second. The women's goalkeeper of the year, A's oh, Ashling. Ashling, you say. The Hoog. Yeah, okay. yeah, I don't think I get that right, but. Jackie Briggs from the USA and Maddie Hinch from England, the men's goalkeeper. David Hart, who I'm led to believe is a very good very goalkeeper. Juan uh, Vivaldi, who's also a very good goalkeeper, as is Vincent Van Asch. No, he's terrible. He's terrible. Uh, How's he making it? Oh no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> what, what are you thinking? The Women's Rising Star of the Year, Maria Jose Granato from Argentina. And of course, she should win it. You reckon? Oh, Christ, yeah. Is she really a rising star? Yes. How, what's the criteria for being a rising under 23. star? Uh, just under 23? Yeah. Yeah, you see, you've got players who've played 150 games by the time they're, before they're 23. Well, you, we're going to talk about that in a moment, aren't we? Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 Nikkei. Nikkei Lorenz from Germany and Zander Vord from... Netherlands? Yeah. Oh, good. Now, this is the one I knew. No, no, just, was, just, just very briefly, you went through the goalkeepers of the year. Yeah. And, uh, um, I read an article, I mentioned Ashley Morrison again on his site, which is talking broad, more broadly about sport. Well, he but, knows David Hart is a very good goalkeeper. Yes, he does. Um, but he also knows um, Maddie Hinch is a very good goalkeeper, and he mentions in his article that would Maddie, Maddie Hinch be, uh, despite being voted the best goalkeeper in the world last year, would she have been uh, more happy or uh, to have received the best player of the award, uh, uh, best player of the year award? And w- why do goalkeepers have a separate category when they could be e- equally? Um, I don't know. I, you know why they have a separate anyway. category? <laughs> so, so they get some sort of um, recognition. So what you think this is somebody who's a goalkeeper that's got onto the board at the FIH and uh, is just trying to get more goalkeepers coming through as an eight year, as eight year olds and nine year olds because there's a profile and no, something, no, no, something no, to go no. for. What I'm talking about is how many goalkeepers would ever have an opportunity to win. You know, okay, Matty Hinch did did play well in that tournament. Well, how many, Wait, no, hang on. How many left halves? I don't argue. Let me finish my point. We're going to have a biff now. Come on, let's get it on. Break some bottles. Mate, I had one earlier on in summer hockey. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Some big fat bloke thinks it's okay just to body charge me. That's fine. Well, this one's the other way around. I I, I, I won an Oscar for my performance. It was like a dying swan when I went there. Anyway. Uh, 
my my point being you know who you are she you've got more chance of winning an award by being the best goalie at a tournament than you have being a goalie and winning the best player the, I, I understand why but it's what what <laughs> but why well, they've got their own award it, it's all right so top goal scorer Maybe- best goalie Matty Hinch, if if you want goalies included in the best player for the year, get rid of the best goalies. That's that's my point. Well, why would you do that? Oh come on! What you want to take that recognition away from goalkeepers? No, Matty Hinch had a great tournament, but does that make her the best player at the tournament? There's no guarantee she would have won anything. Or what makes anybody the best player at the tournament? Exactly. So why wouldn't you allow? Are we agreeing on the same thing here? Why wouldn't you allow goalies to just keep? Their their award, and just not vote for them in the Player of the Year. They've got they've got a Goalkeeper of the Year because they're different. You know how different goalkeepers are, big fella. Don't start. We know they deserve a different category. I I think we just pandered to the needs of goalkeepers far too much. <laughs> Bearing in mind I'm an ex goalkeeper. Jeez, look, so bloody precious. Yeah, there's one spot in a team, but look, if you're trying to organise a club. And look, every year, every bloody year, goalkeepers are my, the pain in my ass. You've either got too many of them, you haven't got enough of them. You think you've got it all sorted out, and one pulls the pin at the last minute. A long-standing club member suddenly decides, "Oh no, I'm playing this year. Sorry, didn't I tell you? Oh, I've already got another bloke in, and I've got this. And, oh, jeez, the bane of my life. Bloody goalkeepers. So we should ban them from both the Goalkeepers are not amazing people. They're not normal. He made that post. Yes, I did. And I've got a lot of support for it. And people agree with me. Can I say something controversial? Go on. Most of the goalkeepers who, who agreed with you were women. I'm not so, I'm not drawing any correlation there. No, because they're proud of it. They wear it as a badge of honour. Well, and blokes are just too stupid to know. Huh? <laughs> Let's get back to... No, we've got... Before we move on, the goal scoring, scoring sheet. <clears throat> yeah, go on. Go for it. Goal scoring, scoring sheet will be coming out. We're putting a rough copy, uh, a beta version of the guide out this week. It'll be out in the next day, so once we get that sorted out. But PDF available for download. It will be a PDF, and you can download You can look at it, and you can go, wow, that's amazing, or it's really crap. But we need your input into what makes up a good goal, and um, we, we could start ranking this and put all these goals up and see how things compare. And you can even rank your teammates' goals in Z grade out the back of Bindi Boo. But it's probably going to start out with a piece of paper. It might develop into an app one day. There's yep. certainly some and kind we'll of... And we'll put a form on the website as well, if we can, as well. And look, girls and guys, get involved, eh? Absolutely. Got any more before we get to socials? Uh, do, 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 do. Hockey Writers Club Awards oh, in yeah. the UK. They vote uh, annually on their Player of the Year. Uh, Sam Ward was named the uh, England... Uh, hockey Player of the Year for the Hockey Writers Club and Holly Pern Webb was the women's winner of the award I'd, I like the idea of us having uh, some associate membership there I think you can do an overseas membership for the Hockey Writers Club so uh, look we'll out for our application it. guys let's get on with it feedback feedback so yeah lot, lots of activity on Twitter we're going to keep this fairly fairly brief, though. Um, and thanks for coming to the whole season. It's good night from him. Yeah, it's good night from him. Uh, oh, look! Before before we kick into that, Andy Wilson that uh, was our terrible oh, yeah, interpreter yeah. alongside Gigi 
in last week's show. I'm not saying he was terrible, but he offered absolutely nothing. But he got his photo <laughs> up on, our, on the on the podcast artwork. Um, and his uh, very first episode of the Frank Hockey Podcast has been launched on SoundCloud. Good stuff. Uh, and that's with uh, fellow Spanish coach, the head coach, uh, Adrian Locke. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, I got about into the first ten minutes, but I had trouble with. Maintaining the thing through Twitter, through the phone that I was listening, and blah blah blah. blah. So I will be listening to the whole episode um, tomorrow. Um, and he's also working on getting the iTunes feed and all that sort of thing. But it's the Frank Hockey Podcast. Now it's a bit of a strange spelling, so it's Frank F R A N C, and then Hockey H O C K Y without the E podcast. If you search those terms, then you should be able to get hold of it. Um, but as I said, Andy's working on uh, other things in the background to get it up. It's uh, it's got a very jazzy vibe. I like it. If you have, if anybody's oh, ever watched uh, uh, the Fast Show with John John Thompson's um, uh, jazz, nice. Okay. Uh, things. It's got that kind of vibe. I, f- I felt very relaxed instantly listening to it, and, and I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the podcast. So check that out. But once uh, it's it's up on all the other links and bits and pieces, then we'll we'll uh, we'll share that with you. Anything else? Uh, FIH. What, what do they do for a living? Uh, <laughs> oh no, sorry, that's just a little note to myself there, wasn't it? Okay. Ah, some debate on oh, c- came out of Southern Fried Hockey, which had plenty of comment. Was uh, what do we call the uh, the one-on-one shootout showdown? Uh, there's lots of other options given up there. Eight seconds is just something that's said in the States sometimes with it. What do we call it? There's no standardization on the one-on-one, uh, playoff at the end of the game. Um, oh, I don't care what you call it. I'd still prefer a flick. I like the tension that builds with the, the whole build up to a penalty flick with the goal is there and uh, the player has to walk up and it's, I, I love that. If we're going to have to choose one moment one in time, two, yeah. If we're going to choose between the two systems, and there's an argument about whether you use them at all or whatever, but if I'd, I'd go penalty flicks, that's my opinion. Just p- I'm not going to. I'm not going to kick up. A, yeah, well, you could call it that, but I'm not going to kick up a stick because more people say, you know, we'd rather see it that way. Oh, yeah, whatever. I mean, essentially, they're both games of chance. I, I prefer the tension that's created by that single moment of the penalty flick. Yeah. Whereas you know, uh, we, we've so John's just, just gesticulating around here at the moment with his shoulders moving around in the air. I'm assuming he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> I was. Well, we'll have to post that photo. There's a photo coming up, yeah, of uh, of uh, John in some vintage gear as a young tacker. Yeah, vintage goal again. No gloves, mate. I don't know if you noticed that. Bare hands. Just grab that ball. Bare hands. <laughs> uh, I think that's about well, it. Well, socials, guys, please do get on and uh, uh, find us on Facebook at The Reverse Stick, on Twitter at The Reverse Stick, on Instagram at The Reverse Stick. Absolutely. We can really do with boosting our, uh, our growing numbers on our social media uh, feeds, so on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all at The Reverse Stick. And, of course, if you're on iTunes... Uh, give us a five star review and uh, <laughs> or a four star or a three star we don't really care stars. But, uh, yeah give us some stars tag your mates in share the podcast and uh, yeah help, help us share what we're trying to do for the hockey community and we look forward to your company again next week till then enjoy the hockey cheers guys and enjoy your kiddies at the Netherlands game oh looking forward to it great stuff